Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. And welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Mark Griffith. I'm filling in for Kevin Ray, who cannot be with us today, but we will carry on without him as we have been for the last few weeks here. And to my right, my friend and colleague, Richard Swan, is sitting in that co-host chair again. Thank Always you, on the right, never on the wrong. You are. That is, you know, I, I, there's words to live by right there. I, I appreciate that. But uh, let me tell you how you can plug in. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solutions for the last 29 years. We're almost going to hit 30 years here. and uh, But plug in with thehousinghour.com. That's where all of our treasure trove or past interviews are. That's where you can find them. And uh, we've got some great content there. Richard and I have done several shows here in the, just the last bit that I think have been pretty fun. I think they have been. And I've uh, loved all our shows. Now, you need to take that almost hit 30 years, um, almost going to hit 30 years, because we are going to hit 30 years. Yes. We're just not there yet. We're just not there yet. Okay, good point. So we're going to be there shortly. Um, but anyway, also social media, this is how you plug in with us because we are social media hounds and we've got a full social media team behind the housing hour that puts out all of our posts and everything prepares them for us. That takes a load off of me, I tell you. So I very much appreciate it. So check us out at the housing hour. Um, that's, uh, for the Twitter account at the housing hour, Facebook slash the housing hour. So that's pretty much, we're on all the other social media platforms, but I probably don't understand those rich or the internet. TheHousingHour.com. Well, that's right. I've talked, came in on that one. Okay. TheHousingHour.com, our treasure trove. Uh, but we're all there. And uh, that's where you're going to find our podcast for our series. And in studio this today, we're going to be talking about real estate because we've got somebody that's a good knowledge, a good expert on the subject. He is the principal broker with Keller Williams Signature Real Estate and Sequoia Realty, Sequoia Hills Realty, Rich Tierney. Rich? Hey, Mark. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here today. Well, thank you for coming in. Uh, how do you know Richard Swan? Um, oh Those gosh. charges were never proven. <laughs> <laughs> I've known Richard for almost 20 years now. Uh, met at Sequoia, 20? Yeah, almost. Met at Sequoia Presbyterian and then also through real estate. Excellent. So uh, you have you guys done some transactions together or just on a social basis? Both. Well, uh, yeah, I'm sure Both. Richard would like us to do more transactions yeah. together, but we've done quite a few. Well, um, so you've been in the, the this market, in this area, Sequoia Hills generally. Sequoia Hills, yeah. Uh, for the most part, I, I would say 75% of our business is done inside the Sequoia Hills boundaries. And, you know, those boundaries are something that I grew up in. I grew up in uh, Sequoia Hills, went to Sequoia Hills Elementary School. So that's an area that's quite fond to me. Still have a lot of friends there. Mm -hmm. um, but So Sequoia Hills has survived a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they kicked me out years ago. I just let's, let's just be honest about that. I could see about getting you back in. Yeah, well, you, that, you might be able to help. I, I'll tell you a funny story. Well, my father was a builder. And um, when I was in my 20s, I wanted to become a builder. And I asked him if he would make, you know, help me get building. He said, uh, but first what I needed to do is I needed to go out and learn real estate and how to sell real estate first. He goes, because anybody can build, not anyone can sell. 
Well, I, I think there's some truth to that. So um, he kicked me out of Sequoia and made me go to Oak Ridge <laughs> so I wouldn't embarrass the family. <laughs> That's true. but uh, And I've been in Oak Ridge ever since because I fell in love with the community. Much mm-hmm. like Sequoia, it's a, it's a very close-knit neighborhood. Absolutely. But uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun there. But uh, So tell me a little bit about you. You, um, I see on the website, um, sequoiahills.com. Is that your main website? Sequoiahills.com. That's our website. And, uh, and actually, we changed our name last year to Sequoia Realty uh, as opposed to Sequoia Hills Realty just to kind of encompass a little bit more than just Sequoia Hills. I mean, we do go outside of Sequoia Hills. We don't right. want, we don't want right. people to think that's all we do. Correct. Um, and then and then an opportunity came along to partner up with some really uh, top shelf agents and uh, and a top shelf agency in Keller Williams uh, to start a new brokerage called Keller Williams Signature Real Estate. And, uh, and when that opportunity came along, uh, my wife Angie and I, who also works with me, uh, decided it was a good time to to move over to a larger agency with more resources, more technology. And access to a, to a lot of things that, as a small boutique company, you just don't have anymore. Right, because uh, it resources really about success, isn't it? Absolutely, and technology is uh, the, the the paradigm is shifting in real estate, and technology has become so important uh, in terms of how to find buyers for your sellers or how to find buyers to go out and show property to. And uh, you know, ten fifteen years ago, SequoiaHills.com, that website. If somebody was looking for Sequoia Hills, they'd Google Sequoia Hills. They'd find us. We're right at the top. That's how we found a lot of our clients. Right. Um, people don't search that way anymore. People right. go to Realtor.com. People go to Zillow. People oh. go to Trulia. They go, they go to other places. Right. So technology has become very important. Wow. Uh, you know, and, and that's so true. And, um, and before, your customer base were specifically looking into Sequoia Hills area. That's correct. Now, I mean, so that's a kind of a hit or miss type of customer base that you're targeting. But now it's just a lot broader to where anybody could be a potential Sequoia Hills investor or well, buying into a home. Absolutely. And, 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 uh, and we've always said to our clients who are seller clients in Sequoia Hills, you know, the reality is, uh, you know, Sequoia Hills is a special place, but Very. Sequoia Hills is a little more expensive than some other places. So right. if you want, if a buyer who wants to live in Sequoia Hills has to decide that they want to live in Sequoia Hills, right? Because if they if 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 that isn't the most important thing to them, there are other neighborhoods, other houses that they could live in and maybe spend a little bit less money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there has to be a reason to live in Sequoia Hills beyond just the house. And what, it, go ahead. Well, I was just kind of curious. You mentioned that. What in in your eyes? Mm-hmm. What are some of the reasons that draw people to Sequoia and in, in just this area? Well, I think I think the main reason is is just the nature of that neighborhood. It's so unique, and uh, in, in terms of neighborhoods today, or what we think about as a neighborhood, we, we talked about building earlier. Um, when a builder builds a neighborhood now, or, or several builders get together and build a neighborhood, those houses are typically in a certain price range. You're right. gonna you're gonna be in a a three hundred to four hundred thousand dollar neighborhood, or a five hundred to six hundred. It's gonna be over a million. Uh, the difference about Sequoia Hills versus any of those other neighborhoods that are being built now uh, is that you you could go into Sequoia Hills and rent an apartment for five hundred dollars a month. Uh, you could buy a condo for under a th- uh, hundred thousand uh, dollars. You can buy a house in there for under two hundred thousand dollars. Although those are getting a little bit more scarce. Yes. <laughs> um, but you could also buy a house all the way up to you know three million, four million dollars, and everything in between. So it's it's a very eclectic neighborhood. And it's not as homogenous 
as a, as a typical builder neighborhood. I mean, when 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 everybody who's buying a house is uh, is buying a house between three hundred and four hundred thousand, they tend to start to look the same. Whereas there's a lot of diversity in the neighborhood. That's so very true. Because you go into some, it's well, it, it even happened when my father was a builder, mm-hmm. like post World War II. Uh, so you know, it was all cookie cutter. Um, right. It was right. the uh, Levitt town, you know, type where everything salt box, it all looked the same going down the street. He built the same, he built 20 in a day, you know, right. that type of thing. Um, and you go in some of the subdivisions, even though they're grand and majestic brick and beautiful, they all have that same similar style. You go into Sequoia and with dogwood trail blooming right now, you go through there. I mean, it's, it's very, very special. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's one of a kind. Um, and but you you mentioned you know you go into certain neighborhoods that were built in the forties or the fifties or the sixties and they kind of look alike. Mm-hmm. Sequoia's got all those neighborhoods in Sequoia. It's true. And it has all those different styles of homes, has all those different price points, has really it's a community that you can go from kind of a starter home to a you know the house you're gonna raise your family in back to a retirement situation within the neighborhood. And that is unique, and that is something that, you know, as you said, is not being done today. And I think that's to our detriment as a society that builders can't propose a neighborhood like Sequoia that's got all of those different options and get the financing, get the people behind it, get the um zoning and everything in order to do that and pull that off and that's what's unique about sequoia and a lot of that was done before there was really any zoning certainly before there were neighborhood covenants that drive a lot of neighborhoods now it's also uh, an area that's a hundred years in the making you know that's right it didn't happen overnight it didn't happen and that's part of the reason you can't do it today because a neighborhood like that doesn't happen overnight it happens over time it happens organically and it's very hard for a builder or for even a community or, or a city to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Um, because a, I think you have to reach a critical mass yep. in order to get to the point where you, you have that kind of diversity in a neighborhood. And it's hard to do that out, right out of the gate. And you've been here for 15 or 20 years. Going on 20 years. Going on 20 years. Um, and you have kids, family. Have two kids who, uh, and, and we didn't mention this earlier, but one of the other great things about Sequoia is, is Sequoia School right in the middle of the neighborhood. Uh, I have two kids who went through Sequoia School. Elementary. Sequoia has. Uh, yep. I'm an alumni. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> not when they post on their website, it's maybe, not, but an alumni. Claim, yeah, they, don't, they don't want to claim that. <laughs> no, but uh, it, was, it was an incredible time. Uh, for me growing up, you know, and some of my, one of my good friends, um, she does a magazine down there. She's an author in the magazine. Anyway, we're with Rich Tierney of Keller Williams Signature Real Estate, Richard Swan, my co-host. We're going to be back after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. And we're back. This is Mark Griffith, thehousinghour.com. Check that out. Richard Swan is my guest co-host again. And uh, we're talking in studio with Rich Tierney, Keller Williams Signature Real Estate. 
and also we know him in the past from Sequoia Real Estate, um, well known um, in in this area. Um, Rich, tell me a little bit about your background in real estate, how you got into it. Give us that big old picture. Okay, yeah, we have to go back to the early '90s for that. We're we're um, there. And uh, I bought my first house. I was in Atlanta at the time, but uh, a little fifty thousand um, dollar. Two bedroom, one bath in Atlanta. In Atlanta, just outside Atlanta, Marietta, and right. um, and it was a dump. And really? So, yeah, it's three hundred thousand today. Oh, it's probably three hundred three fifty today. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I still owned it. I, I, yeah, I should have kept it and just rented it. I had but, one of those uh, in my past. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, so you know, bought it and, and and fixed it up and rented one of the rooms to to a friend of mine, and started thinking, oh, wait, you know, this real estate's pretty cool, and I enjoyed the the process of renovation so uh then i bought another one and, and did a little renovation on that mm. and uh, i was i was working for you're a, a flipper uh, well i was i was and i have been in the past once a flipper always <laughs> a flipper <laughs> um but what i really liked about the flipping aspect of it or just the renovating aspect of it is that you it, it's, it's kind of like mowing a lawn when you start you, you know you've got this lawn that's not mowed and when you're done you've got lines and it's edged and it looks really good yeah um I need to see progress, I guess. And so that, that, that part of renovation always appealed to me where you started with something not so, not so good and you turned it into something great through your imagination. Mm. So that's kind of how I got into real estate. And that's uh, when I, when we first came to Knoxville, that's what I was going to do was, was do renovation. And somewhere in that process, you met Angie, your wife. Down in Atlanta. Yep. In Atlanta. Yep. And somehow how did those ideals get intertwined? Uh, well, we just have very similar um, uh, personalities, very similar thoughts, just thoughts, and uh, um, just our, our, our moral compasses are very similar. I think we just we just work very well together. And uh, so, did Angie, she help you with the flipping part? No, or was this not, later? not at all. That was later. Angie. Um, um, didn't actually get into real estate until 2008. Okay. Um, and uh, what a great time to get into. Well, the real yeah, estate. It was perfect. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, sometimes I jokingly blame her for, for the crash, but, uh, no, but she, she got into real estate in 2008 and we've been working together ever since. Wow. That's, that's mm -hmm. uh, awesome. And, um, when did you come up here? What, uh, what year did you start here? 2000. In two thousand, two thousand. So yep. you got you. So you had eight years under your belt before the Be before great the recession. crash. Yeah, I, I had the the run up, which the run which up. was a good period. You know, two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand seven weren't that bad. No, they were yeah. pretty good. Yeah, and then uh, two thousand eight wasn't that bad to be honest with you. It really didn't didn't really hit until two thousand nine. Right, and, and ten and eleven were pretty bad too. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I always uh, everybody asked me about that too. They said, "Well, your your you know your company always looked like it was doing well." Is you know there was a lot of money from the government that went into buying bonds that kept the interest rates low. So our markets right. were still pretty good in this area. Mm -hmm. I thought um, we were strong, but then we did see that tail off in the dates that you, you were mentioning. It was oh, tough. Yeah. Well, you could see it in the and you know I, I tracked and I've been tracking since two thousand the average price per square foot in Sequoia Hills. Right. So every square foot that's sold in the neighborhood for every year since 2000, I've been watching. Oh, and, wow. Uh, and, you know, in, uh, in 2006, 2007, uh, we were uh, around $173 a square foot. At that's the, top at dollar. The, at the peak. Not anymore. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but it dropped down into the 130s 
during uh, 2009. Which is still kind of strong to me. Not that bad. Not, not that, that bad. bad. Last year, $199 a square foot. $199? Yep. Well, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good for everybody in Sequoia. It's good for everyone showing that the markets. Um, would you consider uh, Sequoia like a sub-market? Uh, it's definitely unique. Yeah. Uh, because of, because it's, it's kind of a, a little mini town unto itself. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of its own little market because it has the apartments and the condos and, and the small houses and the large houses. And it's gone through that transition because some of the things that used to be apartments are now condominiums. That's so they have taken those over and they've sold those back out to uh, individuals and they've become condominiums where at one time they were, you had more apartments in there that have now been transitioned into owner-occupied and even some rental units that are investment properties in there. So it really is a unique community. It's a, you know, you've got an 87-acre park right along um, Tennessee River, Fort Loudon Lake Mm. um, that runs along Cherokee Boulevard, and that's unique to most communities in Knoxville. Most communities in Knoxville don't have that. If you have lakefront, you've put condos on or you've put homes on every track that you could get and yet Sequoia still has that park as part of it which really drives people into the neighborhood especially the apartments because you can run two blocks from where you live and you're in that greenway space you're in that you've got a walking uh, trail third creek greenway that is about a mile away on the other side so it really provides a lot of recreational areas and value it's close into ut you're close to two hospitals so i'm sure in you transitioning to a national firm through keller williams signature you've got access then to relocation people that are coming in here that you may not have gotten through your um just your your private real estate firm that you owned in sequoia and that and relocation is huge in the city for sequoia hills and for um the city of knoxville Um, because of ut the hospitals um you've got c ray corporation downtown you've got regal has their corporate headquarters here so we have a lot of large groups that are providing a lot of employment providing a lot of of high-end executives that are buying in Scoy Hills, Westmoreland, Riverbend, a lot of areas that you serve. That's, a, that's absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, tell me, what's the process you go through? If somebody calls you, mm-hmm. um, you know, walk us through what you do with it. Because right now, today, we know, and well, I'll ask you, inventories. Uh, we talk about inventories, homes that are available on the market for sale. Low, historic lows? I would say historic lows. Yeah, yeah. I think and, so. and it's been that way for about a year. I mean, last year was also very low. Um, right now in Sequoia Hills, there are 20 houses that are actively on the market right now. 20. You're kidding me. No. That's, that's 20. astounding. There's, there's 10 that are pending. Of the 20? Of uh, No, no. T- okay. So there's 30 total, but gotcha. 10 of them have contracts on it. So if you want to buy one, there's... 20 of them that you can... And they probably have 20 backup offers on those pins. Well, you know, it depends. It depends. But but uh, but that's what we've seen in this last year is if you're, if you're priced right, then you're not going to be there very long. What about... Okay, so let's say a customer calls you. I'm going to buy into Sequoia. You know you've got a low inventory. What's the process that you prepare them for a bidding war? Well, I mean, that's always a possibility. We don't see as many of those as you'd think. Um, 
Uh, and, and actually, I've seen a little bit of a change in mentality when it comes to bidding wars in the last couple of years where uh, sometimes people just don't want to get in them. When they, when they find out there's going to be multiple offers, they back off as opposed to jump in, which is unusual because five years ago, that was not the case. Ten years, well, right. you know, not, gotcha. during the, not during the... Uh, the during, boom during, years, during, yeah, the bubbles. Yeah, but, but yeah, in the boom years, though, people would if jump, was, in, they'd yeah. jump in and they'd say, okay, I'll give it my best shot. Um, but th- some people are a little nervous now about maybe maybe overpaying, I guess. Oh, that's yeah. probably a good point. Well, it's a supply and demand. You know, when there's when there's low supply, you're gonna you're gonna ha- prices have to, are going up. They are. Yeah. So how has so? But if somebody seriously wants to get into a home in that mm-hmm. area, what do you? How do you well, handle we, that? I mean, we've got to find out what they want first, um, and 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 I try to get them to be as specific as possible about what they're looking for. Now, you're not going to get everything. You're not going to find a house that checks all the boxes, but if we can find a house that checks 90% of them or, you know, 80% of them, and maybe we can do some things about that other 20%, um, and it fits your budget and it fits your style. It's, you know, it's the, it's the type of house you're looking for. Um, some people like contemporary, some people like more traditional, um, and they're, they're different buyers. So you just, you just got to try to find out what, uh, what it is they're looking for. And then, be ready when that comes on the market in a market be like ready. this. You have to be ready to pull the trigger when that comes on the market. Man. And then you've also got, and we'll talk about this a little bit more probably in our next segment, but you've got a mix of houses. You've got some houses that have never been updated, renovated since they were built. And then you've got some that have been renovated, updated within the last year, and that maybe they're a 80 or 90 year old home. That's correct. So that, You've got a lot of variety of what you can get, what you can find, and that appeals to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And you've got to also kind of weigh their uh, their appetite for renovation, right? Because there there's a lot of buyers that just want to move into something turnkey, um, and they're out there, but you're going to pay a little bit more for them. That's, um, oh man, <laughs> I mean, I, and that's that's part of your coaching, right? That's so, right. And your experience, you can help them because we already talked about you're pr- probably a pretty good remodeler, and and you can kind of help them price those points out. I think that's my that's what I that's how I differentiate is, ah. the, is that I can kind of help them from from the the beginning of it all the way to the end through the renovation if they need me to. Because we know in Sequoia, the oldest home is 1850 built. So it is in there. This is a housing hour. Come back after these messages and we'll continue this discussion. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. This is Mark Griffith back with Richard Swan, my guest co-host, and in studio with us again, Rich Tierney from Keller Williams Signature Real Estate and Sequoia Realty. SequoiaHills.com is Rich's uh, internet web address. That's how you can contact him if you want to jump in and talk to him about anything because something we talked about rich on the other side before we went to the break is um you you do expect you do have these special talents that i rarely see in real estate agents um you know one that's been able to take and remodel homes in your past and do that how do you use that to your advantage helping customers because some of these homes if they're not a plus ready to move in are going to need a little rehab work. Right. Well, and, and that's the nature of Sequoia Hills is that there's a lot of older houses in there with older plumbing and older electrical and, and, 
things in that, Oak Ridge. There's yeah, a bunch of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are things that scare people who haven't yeah. experienced that before. And sometimes when you get a home inspection and it comes back and and there's all it's it's 50 pages long, all these things that are yeah. wrong with the house, it can be overwhelming. Intimidating. Absolutely. If you if you've never done it before, or if you've only bought a new house, or, or this is your first older house, um, and you don't have any idea really, well, what's it going to cost to do that, or what's it going to cost to do to fix this electrical or to fix that plumbing, um, and having some background in that, and having worked on uh, you know numerous renovations, full house renovations where we've gutted everything, put in electrical, put in plumbing, put in new heating and air. Um, you have a foundation then to be able to walk these people through that process and not make it so intimidating that it, they walk away from the perfect house for themselves. Wow. And, and some who might not have that experience, you just made a deal for them and probably added a lot of value. I'd like to think we do. Yeah. We've, we add a lot of value in that, in that area for both our sellers and our buyers. Sometimes I'm right. doing that for another agent's buyer when they're coming through and, and explaining here's, here's what we can do. And and the agent's very happy for me to do that because it helps them get the buyer into the house that they want. I would think that that ability is very rare in, in the industry as a whole. I, I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of real estate agents have experience selling real estate, but they don't necessarily have experience, you know, building a house from the ground up or gutting a house or, or, or just remodeling a kitchen even, you know, from right. start to finish. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I well, mean, and, and yeah. You've got so many shows now that are rehabilitation oh, shows, yeah. and they don't talk about all of the time that they spent probably with an engineer, with an architect, reviewing that before they just take a sledgehammer and start pounding walls <laughs> and making an opening. Well, and they also make it seem like you can do this thing in a weekend and that, uh, you know, okay, there's problems, but they're all, they're easy to overcome. And, and the budget is always about a third of what the actual budget would be if you were, if you were doing it yourself. <laughs> so, yeah. so people come in with these false expectations about what renovation is all about and also some ideas that they think they can do it because they've seen enough HDTV to, to, to yeah. And when when those eight, those crews are using professional contractors, they're using professional laborers, drywall people, framers, all of that, and so they can knock it out very quickly. But they didn't just do it in a day without three months of planning. No. And cutting everything ahead of time, and then they stick it up quickly. Well, they could also get all those contractors there in, the, in that short period of time because they're filming it. <laughs> you know, if, exactly. It's, it's hard to get these guys lined up. <laughs> God, we're talking about subs. <laughs> Sub, yeah, the subs, the, the, that's the toughest part is just to get everybody in order and, and get things done on time. Yeah, because you'll be there at 8 because he said he'll be there at 8, and he's, no, he's a no-show by 8.30 still. Right, right. So that, but, but unfortunately, if he doesn't show up at 8, then the guy who's showing up tomorrow might as well not bother. Because, right, because it, because he doesn't have any drywall to paint. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how do you help customers? Like, so let's say somebody comes in because I would imagine that with as low as the inventory <clears throat> is, and I'm just all around, all over Knoxville, mm-hmm. that those homes that are not turnkey are a higher percentage now. Would you agree with that, or what would you say? You know, it's it's. I guess turnkey is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, yeah. some of them are turnkey, but but the the public doesn't think they are because they don't look like their Pinterest pages or what they're seeing on they're Facebook. They're pretty picky out there, aren't they? It's, it's, that's changed a lot in the last 10, 15 years. Um, yeah. they, they've definitely gotten a little more picky and, and rightfully so. I mean, sure. you're spending a lot of money on something. You want it to be the way you want it. 
Um, but it's it's hard to get an old house the way you want it if you don't do it. Yeah. I mean, it's well, and a, and a lot of the rhetoric that comes out of those shows is that you can offer the seller thirty percent below what they're asking, and they're probably going to take it because they know the house is in bad shape. Well, that's not the case in Knoxville, where you're dealing with real estate agents that are listing property that know what they're doing. They're listing something at a reasonable price, and. Unless the buyer and a lot of buyers, they don't have any room on their mortgage to go lower than what they're asking because they've helped their kid with second mortgages to go to college. They've helped pay off credit card bills. So that enters into it a lot of times and they don't have the money to come down on their offer because then they'd have to bring cash to close. Well, but but and I will I'd consult my sellers that it doesn't really matter what you need to sell the house for. It just matters what the house will sell for. Um you know, if, if a house is worth $250,000 and you owe 300, you can price it at 300 all day long, but nobody's going to buy it for that. Right. Um, so and that's not good for you as a real it's, estate it's agent. It's not good for anybody. No and, one. And I also consult with my sellers and say, listen, I don't, I don't, my job isn't to list your house. <laughs> my job is to sell your house. <laughs> so, so we need to do the things necessary to make sure we get the most money for your house in this market. So do you do uh, recommend for sellers to do any rehab work before they put it on the market? Do you help them with that process? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and that's going to depend on, on what needs to be done because you can open up a can of worms there where all of sure a sudden can. you're renovating the whole house. Um, right. So it's there. I mean, there's some things that are just basic, you know, dress up your front door, you're going to mulch, you're going to, you're going to that curb appeal, the curb appeal. You're going to paint where necessary. Um, you know, make it look as fresh as you possibly can. But, but when you're going into a kitchen, you go into a kitchen and you're, you, you're opening up, uh, you know, what could potentially be a $50,000 plus yeah. renovation, you go 10,000 to on up and you may get it or you may not. And that's the decision that we, you have to go through and run the numbers and decide, okay, if I do this, um, number one, do I want to live through it while I'm doing it and then move? Uh, or, right. you know, which is, which is painful in and of itself when you, when you put the perfect kitchen in there and then you move. Right. Um, but also, will I be able to sell it for what I've just put into it? Yeah. Cause a lot of folks get confused. They'll say, I've got, you know, it should be worth more. I put a brand new roof on right. it. Well, roof's standard equipment. Well, everybody expects the roof not to leak. So, right. so if, if you put a new roof on it, nice nobody's giving you any extra money for it. Right. So it's so it's incumbent upon you as a professional real estate agent to help them with those things that are really going to be the bang for the buck. Absolutely, and that's Absolutely. a lot of pressure. And well, and it's and it's not an exact science because yeah. you, you know you're you're trying to figure out okay if I sell it in its current condition what am I going to get for it and then if we do this to it what do I think we're going to get for it but then you're also at the mercy of well how long did it take to do that are we right. in the same market when we're done doing that? Oh my goodness! And then, did we do the right renovation there to make sure that we do get that money out of it? And right? what did it cost you to do the renovation? That's right. And that's what um, a lot of upgrades and builders do. Upgrades all the time. Builders a lot of times will try to sell upgrades because they can get a lot of times more money out of an upgrade. Um, but a lot of that is personal choice. And builders, usually, if they're doing upgrades for you on what they've got is kind of, here's our standard price point in the neighborhood, here's our standard um, value, and they're putting in a chef's kitchen, you know, with with high-end appliances, with high-end kitchen, um, cook stoves, um, 
grill tops, that type of thing, that may not translate into something that is marketable. And that's where appraisals are starting to now look at marketability of a house, marketability of a design and of a layout and that type of thing. And that is becoming a very subjective factor to the appraisal. And that also affects home prices. It affects neighborhood values. And and that's where Sequoia is all over the market on price, on age of the home, on what's been updated, what hasn't been updated. And that's what makes it a very unique neighborhood sounds difficult too a very but you also like you have done rich you have to know all of those comps the history of the comps what they sold for what they did to renovate it how they did the improvements and that's invaluable knowledge that clients need to be able to have and talk with their realtor about that well and it doesn't translate to the internet either um you know, since since 2000, I've probably been in every house in the neighborhood or pretty close to every house in the neighborhood that sold, but I've also been into every one that didn't. And that's a that's a lot of points on the curve to be able to make a, uh, um, a, a, a value judgment when it comes to, okay, what do we think this house should be priced for based on all of that information in the past? Um, and uh, and that's that's how we that's that's how we work with our clients. Yeah, that's and that that's requires a, a special um, skill set. I'm just going to tell you, not everybody possesses that ability. Well, I'm I, just going to tell you. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, I, you know, I've been in this business for over 30 years. So anyway, and I come from a background of it. But after the last segment is coming up, we're going to talk about the general real estate market uh, around Knoxville. After these messages, this is Mark Griffith with Richard Swan, the Housing Hour. Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Again, you're back in the housing hour. This is Mark Griffith with Richard Swan and Rich Tierney from Keller Williams Signature Real Estate and Sequoia Real Estate. SequoiaHills.com is his website. So if you want to check that out, you can get all the information from Rich there. He's a wealth of knowledge and it's been a pleasure to have him on this show. Um, let's talk about this market right now. This is a hopping market to me. Even though inventories are low, a lot of customers are coming through our office. We're talking about pre-qualifications and that type of thing. It's a great time to buy. I think it is. I think it's, I mean, with the rates being, I think at a 10 year low right now, Mm. um, you know, the, all the stars are aligned. Um, if you can I love find, it when yeah. that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can find the right house, and yeah. that's that's the key. You find the right house, and uh, um, and if you've got a long horizon, I mean, if you have to if you have to move in two years, then maybe you've got to start. You have some decisions to make. But if you're going to be around for four or five years living in that house, now's the time to go. When we we appear to be back to a point in the market where I'm seeing transactions where I've got a you know, a buyer on one end, I've got a seller on the other end. And, and so you're seeing that domino effect Mm -hmm. of you've got four closings in a day that are all dependent on everybody coming to the table, everybody closing, everybody going on to the next one. And that's something that we haven't seen in probably two years that I haven't seen where you've got such a domino effect. And that's, that's, that indicates a strong real estate market to me. That indicates a strong market 
overall when all of those transactions close, all of those transactions can do that. And previously, within the last two to three years, I've seen that more people are disposing of their property than they're doing interim living arrangements and then finding the property that they want to move into next. And that's difficult. That's hard on people. You've got two moves you're paying for, two moves that you're executing, um, and that becomes tiresome Are you to have to rich? do that. Yeah, absolutely. Is that um, it? We, we've been seeing that where, where people can't find what they want, but they feel like they've got the right price for their house, so they're going to go ahead and sell and, and then move in. maybe I, rent I was, for a little while. That's what I was thinking. I've, yeah. We see a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, when you working with customers, what what's the um, what's the dominant price ranges that you're seeing out there that are hot? What's what's moving? What's not? Well, I'll tell you, spring started a little late this year. I felt, um, and maybe that maybe in the higher end, um, let's say three fifty and above. Um, and I think it's weather related. You know, I just think you know with all the rain that we got, in yeah, a lot of it, January, February, March. Good time to look at a house too. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, love showing in the rain. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, but when the well, road's already flooded and you've got a basement and, <laughs> yeah, and the basement's flooded. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, we we've been uh, we've been seeing a lot in the in the four hundred to six hundred range, um, and I've also been seeing quite a bit in the million plus. Uh, wow. Where where. And I've and I've I've seen that happen before, where those those houses tend to sell in spurts. Right. It's almost like they all have a newsletter that says, "Hey, it's time it's to time. buy." <laughs> well, that's yeah. good. Do, do you find? Um, uh, do you pre qualify? How do you go through the the qualification? Or are these all cash buyers? I mean, what's well? What's I mean, general? we do get some cash buyers, but yeah, I mean, pre qualification, and and you guys are aware of that is probably yeah. one of the most important things that we can do for for a buyer client of ours is just get them in front of somebody like Richard. Uh, to, to say, here's what you can buy, because that's the starting point. When you know what you can, what you actually can buy in terms of a price, then you can start to look at the appropriate houses. Um, the, the last thing we want to do or they want to do is waste their time looking at houses that it turns out they can't buy. Right. Yeah. And, and that's been, I sold real estate when I was in twenties. Um, you know, as like I said, my father made me do that to learn how to, to sell real estate. And one of the things I was, they always preach, you got to pre-qualify. We don't, you know, we're not a, just to go and show. You got to make sure that they're qualified working through that home. That's our fiduciary responsibility to the seller. At least that's Absolutely. what we said back then. Right. Um, but uh, so w- when you go through that process, do you, do you get actively involved in that in that type of, or is that a private thing? You say, just go to them and just let me know. No, I, I mean, I've got, I've got, uh, people that I would recommend to go to right. and, and, and work with like Richard. And, um, and I send them to them and I say this, you know, I'm an expert in this and he's an expert in that. Right. And that's, so I want you to talk to my experts on that. And then, and then they're going to be able to tell you, this is, this is what you can afford. This is the loan that you can get. Right. And then conversations that we have is, you know, do you have money for down payment without selling your house? Can you carry both mortgages? And those are the conversations that we have with buyers to make sure that they are in a position to buy either without selling their home or, hey, you really need to get this home off of your debt load in order to buy what you want and in order to then have the down payment. And one thing a lot of people don't realize is that you can borrow against your 401k in a lot of situations without taking the penalty for that because a lot of people say, well, I'd like to do a bridge loan. Well, with a bridge loan, you're counting that debt of the bridge loan against you and then your 
turning around and having to come up, you know, pay the down payment on the new house. A lot of times you can do that with a 401k and that allows people to carry two homes until their other one sells. And then when their other one sells, they just repay their 401k. Yeah. And, that, and that's a good plan. Um, we talked about the, the the price ranges that you've seen. What about mm-hmm. the demographics? Um, uh, people <clears throat> that are buying, in your opinion, are mm-hmm. these uh, step up buyers? Are they local markets? Are these trans uh, transferred people coming in? What's the general con- uh, I mean, millennials buying? You know those type. It's of things? All, it's all of the above. Really? I'm, so we got a mixed I mean, bag. Currently, I'm working with some people downsizing. I'm working with several several clients of mine are downsizing. And I'm working with several clients of mine that are upsizing because they've they're, they've outgrown Family, their house. Right? <laughs> so so yeah, it's it, that's and I'm working with some people coming in from out of town, retiring here. Um, I mean, Knoxville's made the yeah. you know top ten list of a of a, a bunch of top ten lists for retirement, and just a, just a great place to live, a great place to raise a family. Uh, affordability, it's yeah. made those lists quite often for it affordability is. of living living yeah. in a place. So, and you've got tons of of industries that are some to some degree recession proof um you've got you know hospitals healthcare, um you've got entertainment um and then you've got some businesses that that are up and down based on on the economy but and a pretty big university here too absolutely (laughs) yeah it's a big in sports too (laughs) and one of the few universities that actually is a contractor for the Department of Energy. Yeah, that's right. And that is a huge thing, and that's something that I think they are going to start promoting a lot more, which should bring in other industry, bring in other um, high-tech um, jobs, um, other... Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, one of the things that I also see in the past, and I, I'm really curious about this question, for sale by owners... Mm-hmm. Um, do you see those in your market? Do you run across those? Absolutely. Yeah. What, yeah. Why, what, what is someone thinking that they they would do something like that? Well, I, I, I mean, I think the mentality is that they can they can net more money if yeah. they do it themselves. And you know as well as I do. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm not going to say that it's not possible to net more money if you do it by yourself. There's there's going to be a lot of work but involved. Statistics say. Well, I mean, I, we we actually just had a recent experience where um, I think that the that the seller would have netted more money had they used an agent. Um, and I've and I've represented buyers uh, who bought for sale by owners, where the seller would have rented more would have, would have had more money if they had used an agent. And my my buyer got a really good deal. Right. Um, because I was always told that, you know, they're, they're always going to price it a little bit lower than what their value is. And then whoever's going to make an offer is going to come in like 10% less than that, you know. So they're getting a double whammy. Well, I mean, that's, I mean. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. I, I always recommend to my sellers you should price it where if you, if you had a crystal ball and you knew where it was going to sell, where you want to price it is awfully close to that. Right. Because that's going to generate the most activity and the most buyers and the the way that you the way that you get the highest price for your home is to is to make it known to as many people as possible and to give as many people an opportunity to buy that house and and put it at a price point where they feel like they're getting a value for it right. getting value. and if and if you can see four or five thousand real estate agents that are seeing your house because it's listed with the local MLS uh, that's, yeah that's a big point too. that makes a huge difference and if you're in a cul-de-sac in a fairly um, 
restricted neighborhood that does not have a lot of drive-by traffic, then people may not even know your house ever came on the market. Yeah, but we, you go back to technology on that. I mean, they can post it on Zillow. They can put it out there. So it's out there in the marketplace. And I, so It's a lot easier. It, isn't it? it is. But now bear in mind, we're in a seller's market right now. So you you have a tendency to say, okay, well, I think I can do it because it is a seller's market. When that market shifts and you don't know really when it does, all of a sudden, you maybe you're in a neutral market or you're in a buyer's market, and it makes it much more difficult to 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 move a house, and you might need a lot more help. And uh, we have had Rich Tinnery. Tyranny. Um, Tyranny, I'm sorry. <laughs> you got it right all through the show. <laughs> Tyranny from Keller Williams Signature Real Estate. And we we really enjoyed talking with you today because yeah, you, you. you brought a perspective to us about uh, the, a community that's very close to our radio station and close to my heart. And I appreciate you doing that. Thank if you, you want to reach, reach Rich, give us a, a, a shout on the housinghour.com. We're going to have all of his information and contact information right there where you'll find him. Richard Swan, thank you very much. And we'll see you next time on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.